This episode of the Braving Business Podcast is sponsored by, well, me. I'm PJ Benoit, and I've been in the domestic and international logistics space for over 30 years. If you need any assistance with transportation or logistics, my team and I will jump at the chance to help. Whether it be parcel shipments, e-commerce, pallets and freight, full truckload, international air and ocean, imports, exports, warehousing and distribution, or really anything under the logistics umbrella, we got you covered. For more details, please go to shipwithpj.com. That's shipwithpj.com. Reach out to me there. Mention you found me on this podcast for a special surprise. And one last quick thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please stay on after the show to learn more about the Braving Business Podcast and other great episodes for you to discover. And now, let's get the show started. Well, hello there. Hello there, Mr. Superman, or at least that's the shirt you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what uh, Kara and I, for Halloween, Kara went as Wonder Woman, and Mm. I went as- How um, applicable and how appropriate. Very applicable. And I went as morbidly obese Clark Kent. So that is- um, You are so not morbidly obese. You got to stop with that. (laughs) You got to cut that out, man. Uh, Dude, I got more degrees in a circle. that at all. All right. All right. Not to mention, it's just not true. Well- But anyway, you were saying- So- Superhero themes, um, Tal, as you know, uh, Kara recently was diagnosed with breast cancer. So this past couple of weeks, uh, she just had surgery a few days ago. So we've been dealing with all that. And um, she is an incredible trooper and a huge uh, reminder that uh, go get your boobies checked. Go get your mammograms. Follow up on that stuff. Uh, if If someone tends to have a uh, dense tissue, please get a second mammogram um, because it's just super important. And so we were lucky. She caught it early. We did the whole double uh, a few days ago. Um, it's a harrowing process. It's very tough, but uh, luckily uh, things, the prognosis seems really good. So we're just knocking on wood and pushing forward. And she's truly the superhero out of this dynamic duo. Uh, so that's, that's, what's been going on on my side of things. Yeah. PJ, I, I thank you first of all, for sharing that with, with the audience. Obviously I'm, I'm well aware. And, uh, and as I shared with you, I, I also had a very similar experience. My ex-wife, uh, 20 years ago when my son was one years old, was diagnosed with, uh, with more advanced stage, uh, breast cancer. She also survived and is doing wonderfully. Hi, Maria. Um, and, uh, I, I will say, while without any doubt, uh, without any doubt, the hero, uh, or heroin, as it will be, is Kara. Um, there are people listening in the audience, maybe people who are the spouses of uh, people that have uh, that are in the process of or have undergone cancer treatments. And and the reality is, it's 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 not easy to be the spouse either. So I, I want to, you know, I know how much you love your wife, oh, yeah. and you and I have been talking a lot about this because I I was able to share some of my own experiences from uh, from from being in your shoes, and I'm I'm, I'm glad that I was able to be there for you. I, if you're in the audience and, and, and you're on, you know, you're, you're watching someone you love, uh, going through, as you said, a harrowing experience, uh, it's not easy on you either. And so PJ, I, you know, take care of yourself as well. As I told you the other day, when we were communicating the day of surgery, breathe yeah, and yeah, hydrate, yeah. Yeah. um, 
And, um, you know, um, I don't know, Ed, our guest, Edward Parati is here with us. I don't know if he has anything to share on this particular point. Not, not, you know, usually, it, usually PJ and I start the, start the discussion on a, a light note and, and we try to have fun. Given that, you know, uh, Kara just had this procedure a couple of days ago and, and Edward, you were one of the guests that we actually pushed back uh, a little bit for this interview, uh, to accommodate PJ's schedule and Kara's schedule. I want to thank you for that, thank for being, yes. uh, uh, accommodating. Um, and if you have anything you want to share with the audience on this point, great. Otherwise, we can we can go to braving business. We braved life with Kara. I, I'm I would say honestly, you're doing absolutely everything right. I mean, I went through it myself mm. two and a half years ago. Um, and you, much like I told my husband, you need to take care of yourself because I'm a pile of goo, <laughs> and I need you to be healthy in order to make sure that I don't collapse. Yep. You know, but you're right. She's a superhero. Anybody who I don't care. I don't want to minimalize the C word in any way, in any shape or form. It's all bad. Yes, it is. It is all bad. I don't care what level and to go through it and to go through it and come out the other end healthy and happy and still authentic. That's a prize you can't you you, you can't deny and you can't respect. So more power to her and more power to you. Oh, well, thank you. She's yeah, she's really the she's the one doing the hard work, right? So, uh, she she was super smart in getting herself physically ready, getting herself emotionally ready. She went to a counselor, the whole the whole nine yards before you know all this. Uh, we were able to like aggressively go after this. So, um, you know, my hats off to her, and and I'm always in awe of just how amazingly strong she is, and and I just try to hold things together because she's my rock, and so I need her to survive and kick ass in order for me to survive and kick ass. So that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, for sure. I, and you know what? Jumping on what Edward just said, you know, given I'll be turning fifty next month, uh, and I actually think they've now moved the age that they recommend you do your first uh, prostate uh, uh, exam or prostate. Uh, uh, test work such as it is it's, it's a little bit more than an exam uh i think it's now 45 or maybe 47 but in any event certainly if you're 50 uh go do that take that very very seriously it's very very treatable if it's caught early and if you catch it late uh not so much um and on those happy notes pj why don't we introduce <laughs> our audience to edward parati who's a heck of an interesting guy and has a a, a lot to uh share with our audience today i'm thrilled I'm thrilled. We're going to we're going to also talk about turkeys here in a little bit. But Edward is a globally recognized multi-award winning event designer and producer who ranks among the top event designer and producers in the world and was recognized by Good Morning America as celebrity as a celebrity party planner. He's also a sought after public speaker, a resilience expert and principal at EP Events and Experiences. Edward's expertise, and that's probably why he's a celebrity planner and you and I are not, is that he knows how to create unique experiences of a lifetime for his clients and guests. Uh, he has produced numerous incredibly successful events with thousands of attendees. In fact, as many as 15,000 per event, which I've attended some uh, mega or not mega, mega shindings in, in my past <laughs> yeah have you attended any MAGA events i, I didn't think uh, that know, that was your cup of tea uh, it's, i'm it's, glad it's actually I'm, yeah i'm uh, glad to hear it's not um but uh I've, he's attend or sorry i've attended some of these mega huge shindings as, and 
also been through two personal weddings and it's no small feat to pull off, you know? So it's, it's hard. Um, Edward has received prestigious I, awards. I just celebrated my daughter's way, as you know, this past I know, weekend. That's my, true. My, my, congrats, my wonderful congrats. daughter, Elaine, married her amazing, uh, husband, Caleb. And it was a, a heck of a party. But anyway, the, on that the pictures, note, the pictures were beautiful. Edward, by the way, by the way, did not offer his services. Well, uh, I, I guess right. I must not be enough of a celebrity. You don't phone. You don't write. How am I supposed to know these things? Well, I don't know. That's Future castigations are coming. Um, <laughs> Edward has received prestigious awards from leading trade organizations such as the Green Meetings Industry Council and Meeting Professionals International, which was recently named one of the top 25 influencers in, in the industry globally by Meetings and Conventions magazine. He has he made it sound like Meetings Professional International was recently named, but no, it was Edward that was recently look, named. Just look, FYI. Yeah, just so you audience. know, last week I just learned how to read. So this is just give me some credit. He has You're doing quite well. Thank given you. That. Thank you very much. He has and has been and continues to be featured in publications such as Good Housekeeping, Variety, Perfect Bride, Hollywood Life, just to name a few. Edward is not just good at what he does. He tries to do good as he goes. He takes pride in always looking for possible give-back opportunities wherever his meetings or events are hosted. His personal mantra is always leave more than you take, which I actually love. Beyond T-shirt all, moment, T-shirt moment. I always say that now moment, because we, we are about to start our store. We I know are. we keep saying that we're about to start our store and we haven't started our store, but there's a reason we haven't started it. It's going to be amazing what we do. It's going to be available on our website, www.bravingbusiness.com. And Edward, even though you came up with always leave more than you take, you will not get any royalties, uh, <laughs> but you may get a free T-shirt. Well, you know, you could put my signature on the bottom of it, so it's a quote. Uh, no, no, we you know can't. What? I, I like then that. We, then we'll owe you. So long, so, so long as that does not mean that you're going to ask royalties. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a cheap, I'm a cheap date. I'm a cheap right. date. Just you know. All right, we are don't tell anybody. This, right? this is recorded. Uh, beyond all of that, <laughs> dear Mister Edward, uh, this is going to be a fun uh, conversation to learn more about. Uh, because Edward has received personal theater training and is a big fan of horror movies, which is just in line with my, my beautiful wife. She and uh, you guys can like hang out and watch all that together. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear if theater training comes into play when he plans his events and whether his love mm. of horror movies helps him anticipate potential event horrors. Edward, whew, <laughs> it is a pleasure to have you join us today on the Braving Business Podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, that was a mouthful. Yeah. I'm tired. All right. I'm out. See you guys later. <laughs> All right. See you later, PJ. Thank you so much for your contribution. Um, Edward, it's so great to meet you uh, and, and have this interview with you. And, and I enjoyed a pre-interview as well. Um, and I want to I dive right in. You, you, you've led a very interesting life. Um, and, uh, you know, the, there is this, I think, assumption that people would have that if you're in, in the kinds of events and production uh, that, that you're involved in, there's a lot of glitz and glamour. Uh, at some point, obviously, you decided this was the kind of life and the kind of thing you wanted to do. Tell our audience what prompted you to decide that, you know, uh, you were cut out for creating unforgettable experiences. Well, let's level set right now. Yes, the outward perception is just a lot of glitz and glam. Reality, not so much. Um, I will be the first one to go back to my room and hide under the covers when the event is over. Um, <laughs> And 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 wash off the ramblings of drip and glamour and glitz. I honestly had no idea there was an event industry. Tw I'm 
do I say the number and really age myself? Okay, 29 years ago. <laughs> um, I was actually working for an online publishing company. And they bought the competition in Cleveland and closed down everybody in the Bay Area. I had, I mean, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do at that point. And I had made friends with the catering director who did our, my wedding, um, not too long ago. And so I called her up. I wanted to, am I allowed to cuss? No, I'm not allowed yes, to cuss. Of course you, you are. are. Um, okay. So I called her up podcast. to just kind of bitch and moan a little bit. And her response was, my catering manager just gave his notice. We should talk. Like, what do I know about food other than I know how to shove it in my mouth? <laughs> and I went to talk to her and she was like, I can teach you the food part. What I can't teach you is how to navigate people and how to get people to think beyond their own selves. She goes, and that's what you have. And that's what I need. So I took the job when I needed one, but I took the job. Realized really quickly that I was not designed to get between a client and a chef or a mother and her bride. Mm. I was I was uh, definitely not. I have a filter problem that I don't have one and I don't have a poker face. <laughs> and it's blatantly obvious when I just want to tell somebody to. Yeah, we'll leave it there. But I loved the fact that it was, and this might kind of segues into the whole idea with theater, I was creating theater. I was taking someone's script, and it could be a wedding, it could be a corporate event, but I'm taking their script of what they want the audience to feel and hear and designing a set around it, designing every moment that happens with that so that the people will hear what needs to be said and they'll understand it. I fell in love with it. I it's as dysfunctional as it is, as exhausting as it is. And yes, there is glitz and glam and there's great travel, but it really was one of those that a light went on. I found my niche. Aww. I found what I can do. I can take my love of theater and I can apply it to a job where I potentially could make some money. That is awesome. That's awesome. So so your journey. From hotel catering manager to running these multi-million dollar event programs, um, I'm sure a lot of stories. I'm sure. <laughs> um, is there? First of all, I, I got two questions. First of all, is there a pivotal moment that kind of encapsulated uh, the essence uh, of this whole experience that kind of melded your entrepreneurial spirit with you know things that you love to do? Is there a pivotal moment that that you recognize then? Also. Uh, what's the biggest one you've done? So biggest, I'm not going to, I mean, biggest one is probably close from a people perspective, close to 20, 20,000. But I don't, I don't really go by the size. I go by the challenge when it comes to what's the biggest one. That's what my wife told and me once. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, we're going to go to the dark the side, side do the not take... of the ocean. I mean, but you know, this, there were so many ways. Unfortunately, I don't know what it is about guys that we immediately go there. I, I was going to say, yeah, do not take me to the dark <laughs> side. Yes. You, the last thing you do I, is take a gay man to the dark side on a Friday <laughs> uh, because I will go. <laughs> wow. I, this is where I live. Okay. So come on. No. <laughs> I think that might be another t shirt. I don't know. Maybe not for braving business, but. Don't take me to the but, dark side. All right, please. Continue. But from a from a size, it was more the journey of doing a private event and closing down the Louvre. 
Wow. For me, that was that to me was grand scale. The night that everybody arrived, I sat up there and I just kind of looked down and it was, I'm here. It's like oh an oh my god moment that I just closed this entire facility down. These individuals are alone with Mona Lisa with a glass of champagne and just experiencing a location that they can go on holiday and and see themselves, but to have it alone and then to see them tie that experience back to the business. That to me from a, right, at a certain size, it just becomes execution and it really becomes numbers. Yeah. But when you're able to make them intimate is when it truly becomes special, right? How do you make 20,000 people feel intimate? Uh, Those are... Those are the fun things. But then the moment, literally, it was I had the opportunity to interview at an event. They had me on stage to interview Betty Buckley. And it was about the time that she had released her album of women performing male musical leads, songs. So she was singing all the famous male songs. And we were just having a conversation. It started riffing. At a certain point, you kind of forget the audience is even out there because you're just into each other. And she looked at me and she's like, you do know that you're a producer. And I'm like, wow. At that point, I'm thinking, you know, in my head, I'm trained. I'm a planner, right? That's what I do. I anticipate whatever. And she's like, no, you're a producer. You're thinking everything before the script is even finalized. What's going to be the takeaway? What's the ROI? What's the ROO? You're you're a producer. And that light switch went off really hard. And I took that and ran with it. That's awesome. You know, what's, what's interesting to me about that is an incredible anecdote. And also, she's amazing. Um, it's so in, it, it's the the fact that you heard someone that you respected. Uh, recognizing something in you that perhaps subconsciously you knew to be true but maybe because of something that you talked about in in the pre-interview which is imposter syndrome or other Mm -hmm. reasons you found difficult to quite reach for until someone who you respected almost gave you permission to go there and and i i could tell you i've had that experience um I recall fairly early on in my career, I, I met uh, a famous author, Michael Maccabee. Um, he took a liking to me. He was in his 80s at the time. I was in my 20s. Um, and we were having a conversation. We had, we'd met multiple times in his office. Um, and he said to me, he said, you know, at the time I was, I was running a very small business. He said, you're destined to run very large companies. Um, you have vision and you have courage. And you need to follow your vision and you need to believe in yourself that even when other people may not see what you see, um, that there's a reason uh, that you see what you see and other people don't. And that was that moment for me. So, you know, I, I, I can really relate to that. And I would say to our audience in general, pay close attention. There are going to be people in your environment or people that you mm-hmm. happen to come across who say something to you about what you are capable of that you may not quite believe yourself. And, and so, you know, my, my question 
uh, is about, you know, imposter syndrome. And in, in general, you know, we're we're obviously very passionate about resilience on this podcast. And I know you weathered some health issues. You talked to us about imposter syndrome. COVID kicked you in the ass. T- tell our audience a little about these things and uh, and how they've shaped your perception or perspective on business and life. Well, the imposter syndrome, I don't think ever goes away. And if anybody tells you that, I think they're full of crap. Agreed. Um, you know, I agree. I, heart, I, I completely agree. I, I think we are all innately built with insecurities. It's whether or not we know how to control them and whether or not we know to, when to re- when to suppress them and when to let them out. But I mean, mine, I'm a theater boy. I am hands down a theater boy by nature. Guess what? I'm insecure. Um, I am more comfortable playing somebody else than I am playing me, which also then goes back to how you're raised and were your parents accepting of who you were, you know, all, I mean, we could, we can slice this onion so many different ways. And, you know, a psychiatrist could write a white paper on me and get the Nobel prize for it. Um, I've got more, what is it? More luggage than Louis Vuitton has in their stores, more baggage. Um, (laughs) But there is something that comes out of all of this that eventually you just have to look in the mirror. And I think I told you this, and, and it was interesting. I actually had pins made, and I do a lot of talking about it. But I had these, I had these pins and t-shirt made where it was my name. It was Edward Effing Parati. And so health-wise, I had a stroke three years ago. Completely paralyzed speech, nothing, nothing worked. Oh my God. Had to learn to walk, talk. You know how embarrassing it is for a male to not be able to go to the bathroom because hands didn't move. And mm. there's a whole story behind that in my night nurse that we won't get into because um, I'm painfully modest. You can use your imagination. And also, this podcast probably wouldn't quite, you know, be the no. venue for that. But but thank you for yes. sharing us. No problem. Um but when when I left the ICU and they did, I qualified to go into the physical rehabilitation center and just move in there. And they had told me I was going to be in there for a couple months. I had them rearrange the furniture. Big surprise, the gay man wants to rearrange his room. But I wanted to look out of the window. What I didn't pay attention is the mirror for the room was right there. So every morning I woke up, the first thing I would see is my face which was frightening at that point because parts of me still felt like a wax candle, right? I mean, it was not really attractive. And I started sliding down the slope of feeling sorry for myself. And it was one of those situations where I just looked in the mirror and I said that to myself and then said, sit up. Every morning, that was my routine. So I started... I had these made and the whole idea behind them was you need to have your own voice. You need to have your own confidence. You need to get your butt up and, and, and take things and take charge of your own self, right? You've got your army behind you. You have your team to support you and they'll get you to the door, but you have to walk through the door alone. And so I started giving these pins out to people at industry trade shows. I'm like, if you're not comfortable enough with yourself, to say those words about you in the mirror, then you say mine until you're comfortable enough to repeat it with your name in it. But you need to realize your worth. 
And so that's, you know, that's kind of how things evolved. And from the health perspective, COVID didn't hit me physically. COVID hit me financially. So the stroke went from all of that for a couple months to when they started really doing the CAT scans to look at possibilities and everything else, they find cancer. So in my throat, I had that. They couldn't do anything about it until my brain was strong enough to handle being put under for surgery and all that fun stuff. So I go through all of that. And then three months later, the world shuts down. Jeez. So it was one of those where do you curl up in a ball and you just feel sorry for yourself, right? I mean, there was there's a conductor who used to be, he used to conduct the Boston Pops. And he would often say, you choose to spiral up or you choose to spiral down. Which one are you going to do? They both take the same amount of effort. One's easy to begin with and hard to maintain. One's hard to begin with and easy to maintain. Which one are you going to do? And I chose to spiral up. I chose to not be the one who's going to feel sorry. I'm not going to be the one who's going to, you know, look in the mirror and say, why me? There are people with far worse going on than, than that. There are situations far worse than what I'm going through. That's So get, get your butt up. That's awesome. It's very inspirational actually. You know, and that's, to me, that's also how work is handled. You don't win every win. You don't, you know, I don't hit home runs every time. There are clients who don't like me. I'm going to acquire taste. I get that. Right. But you don't curl up in a ball and stop. Thousand percent. And it's, and it's, you know, and what is most important to me is my home and family. So every decision is based off of them. My youngest son, who's now 27, stop, and don't do the math on ages because I do have a 30-year-old as well. Um, I have a 30-year-old, well, almost 29. <laughs> no, it's 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 kind of one of those where, oh, yeah, and you went to a private Catholic school. We get the age thing now. No, it's not that situation. <laughs> um, but he he mentally is forever 14. And so one of the big driving forces was if something happens to me, he needs to be financially covered, have everything in place, and be self-sufficient. So every business decision I make goes back to the house. What's going to cover this? Yep. And and then enjoy the work. Have fun. Right? I mean, Hate to say it, but and it's kind of a propos. We're not curing cancer in this in this industry, right? Right. We're creating memories. We're creating moments. We're making people. You don't do an event for negative reasons. Right. There's no event built around negativity. It's all positive. So the experience of building and designing should be positive. I think it's I think it's awesome because you're you're actually giving a gift, right? You're giving a a lasting memory. A positive, hopefully, as much as possible, positive, lasting memory to someone. Um, I, I think that's I think that's awesome. That's a that's a great feel good type of uh, type of industry to be in, which is which is wonderful. That's that's great. But you, you, I, I I tell you, I I wouldn't normally be as quiet as I was for as long as I was there, 
But as I was listening to you, I thought, man, that's one golden nugget after another that you yes. share with our audience. And, and they stood on their own. They didn't need reinforcement. Ultimately, here's what I heard. Here's, here's, here's what I heard, Edward, and tell me whether, whether this resonates for you. All of us will face moments in our lives that will, will represent a fork in the road where we could choose to take one approach and go down one path or choose another and go down another. And what separates successful people from people who are less successful and happy people from people who are less happy is that successful, happy people go for it. They lean into the moment. They don't allow the setbacks to defeat them. How does that resonate for you? How does that, you know, what? hundred percent. I mean, it's, I, I have one chance. I have one chance at this life. And the interesting thing is before the stroke, I'm not entirely sure where my head would have been with this. Maybe a little the same, but I'll throw the imposter syndrome in there and kind of, you know, push that around. But after and after coming out of it the other end, I mean, there are still residual effects. Like Ed and stairs are challenging. Certain words, I've lost my language skills. I can still understand my French and Italian, but the pushing it out of my mouth is gone, right? So, I mean, there, there, there's little things that have happened, which you can navigate. But at the end of the day, I still feel like you tried twice and I beat you twice. What else do you got for me? And I'm not stopping. Love that. And it's, and it's, it, it once again spiral up or spiral down pick one but then whatever you pick own it if you're going to spiral down do it in the most spectacular way and don't take anybody with you but if you're going to spiral down go down in flames and go down big <laughs> well i'll tell you what hey I, I, we're going to hit the brakes real hard on that because <laughs> what i'm going to advocate for is if you're at that crossroads pull yourself up yes don't go down any path yeah, that has a greater probability of you being sad, miserable, defeated, uh, regretful. Um, well, and it takes those more are the work. emotions you want to avoid. You want to avoid those emotions of the only air for what if or I should have. You know, I, yep. TJ, I've said this before in an episode. You know, uh, people should all over each other and should all over themselves. Okay, with shoulds. Okay leave the show and i don't it's not you know in all candor it's not my word it's a person that was in my life that that used it often and i thought it was a very uh clever way to point out that you either do or don't okay and and you own that you yep. own that yeah it's um, well and, and the spiraling down seriously takes much more effort because you're also sucking the air out of rooms and life out of the people who are there to support you. And there, there's so much more work in the negativity side than on the positive side. And so, like I said, which one, which one do you want to put the effort into, you know, and there's, there's no positive outcome when you're negative, there's no positive outcome. You lose friends, you lose business, you, right. I mean, you lose yourself. Sure. And all of it. And it's so, Conscious decision, pick yourself up, dust it off. Like I I like to say, readjust the crown and get back out there. 
there's there's a there's a lot i I think spiral up would be a great t-shirt personally it would be yeah Um, absolutely with a little edward parati underneath it yeah there we go no royalties fantastic i love that (laughs) you're tying my hands here (laughs) look so uh in regards first of all thank you for all of that you you that was like one of the most inspirational and and pumped up uh little segments that we've had in in many over many of our shows so that was and that says a lot i mean it does it does say record we've had unbelievable guests we are incredibly grateful to be a top one half of 1% global podcast and popularity out of 3.2 million podcasts. We're deeply honored by that. And we think a lot of that has to do with the quality of our guests. Yeah. And I got to say that may have been the highlight of the season for me. I mean, that, that entire stretch of, you know, I'm going to go back and listen to that myself because it was just uplifting. Yeah. I mean, that's what that was. And, you know, we all have those moments. We've had them in you know, our last episode of the season. This this will be the second to last. The one to follow it will be the interview I did with PJ. My inter- PJ's interview of me was episode one. My interview of PJ is the last episode of season one. And there are a lot of moments in that episode where PJ frigging lifted himself up by, by his nose hairs. And there are lots of those <laughs> to get up from some serious setbacks. And you know what? we've heard this theme we've heard this theme but i don't know that we called it out quite this clearly yeah as edward just did very succinct yeah that was that was that was wonderful um in regards to so you know no one starts you you kept saying or you didn't keep saying but you you mentioned that everything's uh all of your attention and your intention is about what's at home Right. And about making sure that that's covered, which I think is, of course, brilliant. I think we all do that. You just, you said it, which is, which is wonderful. Um, I also don't think that anyone like starts a business to be mediocre. Right. I think that, I think that everyone wants to try to scale and grow as much as they can, especially if they feel like they have a lot of passion for what they're doing and they're on the right path and they think that it resonates with their customers and all that. So, but scaling involves horrors of some of you know certain magnitude as you are a fan of horror movies see i'm this is a segue as you're a fan of very good at those things thank you clever like that (sighs) i'm well greased um do you find parallels between anticipating these pitfalls for events because i know for a fact you can plan everything to the nth degree and something's going to go wrong it Uh, always does it always does so do you find parallels between anticipating event pitfalls and predicting plot twists in a thriller? Um, it's really, really difficult to get me to be surprised on either side. Mm, all right. My husband hates watching thrillers or horror movies with me. There are some where... I will write the outcome on a slip of paper 10 minutes into the movie, fold it, put it on the coffee table. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is who did it. Or this is what's going to happen. And he's like, how do you do that? Like, it's called playing chess. It's same with events, navigating C-suites, navigating an industry. It's all about playing chess. You watch where the pawns are going. I... I kind of, did you watch Queen's Gambit? Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. Of course, what a great show. First of all, I'm I, I have a secret celebrity crush on Anna. I she doesn't know this. I'm not stalking her, but she's gonna be my best friend one of these days. Um <laughs> But when she, when the character would step back and look up and see the board moving, that's how my brain works. When I need to sell something or sell an idea or pitch, you know, whatever the situation is, I think of the entire situation as moving the pawns around, listening to the conversations. When do I move this? And then reminding myself constantly at the end that the pawn can win the game. The pawn can still take the queen out. And that for me is just kind of, you know, same with a horror movie. You know that somebody is always going to get out of the car and walk by themselves down a dark alley and they're going to die. So you don't even get into the car. Yeah. <laughs> right. You start looking at those, you, you, you know, certain characters by the way they write and film that when a character has a little bit more airtime or screen time than they had through the whole rest of the show, they're up next because they're trying to make a, a emotional connection with an audience so that when they kill them, everybody feels sorry or sad. So it's, it's knowing that everything is different, but it's the same, right? Every situation, I don't care if it's 20,000 people or 20 people for an event, the pieces of the puzzle are identical. It's just whether or not they're scaled properly. And it's understanding when do those pieces go down? How do you navigate? And then also, how do you articulate it? Right? There is a whole sell versus tell con- conversation that needs to go around. There's, And ultimately, it goes back to you. It's, it's your IP. It's your soul. It's... You know, like I said, I don't, uh, there's people who aren't fans of me and I don't have a problem with that at all. I, it, it is, you know, just like horror movies, there's horror movies. I've gotten so into the Korean horror movies. They're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant because they throw me off. They twist it and they throw me off to where I want more and more because they're creative in their thinking. That's what I want my events to be. I want the audience to be thrown off. I want I want them to walk into a room and kind of do a little bit of a clutch the pearl moment, right? With a little inhale and then turn around and that experience ties back to the to the host or hostess or the company in some positive way. And so that's where the horror kind of plays into it is you could either go down the same once again the paths, go down the same path and template of what it is and and you're just going to add a body count and more blood and you know from an event perspective you just keep throwing more money at it or you find creative ways to throw the audience off their game and that makes it memorable it makes it memorable that's awesome uh side note i'm going to watch horror movies with your husband and you can watch them with my wife because she is a prolific author and uh she always knows what's going to happen in these friggin' movies and i i, I get I, I sympathize with your husband <laughs> well, he doesn't really watch him anymore. I'll look across and he'll be sound asleep with the dog on his lap um, <laughs> on the on the other end of the sofa. So it's it is kind of one of those where it's like, okay, go to bed. No, 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 I'm watching. I'm watching. 
you know, it's, it's, I got to say two things. One about horror movies, which I do not like, is that I, I did learn at some point that if you just turn off the sound, it's not nearly as scary. So kudos <laughs> to the people that make the soundtrack on a yeah, lot of no these kidding. movies. That is actually what uh, frays the nerves more so than the images. Uh, the second thing is, as, as you know, PJ, I'm in a new relationship with yep. my lovely girlfriend, Aaron, and uh, I, I've, I've you know, we're watching shows together and, and I've, I've come to see that Aaron asks a lot of questions when she watches shows and she she's very engaged. It's uh, it's it's kind of amusing. You know, I'm more accustomed to just watching the show and and letting things, you know, unfold. And uh, she's it's very interactive with her. So uh, which I think That's is charming. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, let's talk about authentic voice. One of the uh, interesting observations, uh, you know, that I took from our pre-interview was that you talked about how important it was for you to find your authentic voice, uh, how crucial you felt it was. And and I have two questions for you. First, when did you recognize you didn't have it, right? Because in order to mm. get there, um, it means that at some point you realize, well, I'm not quite being who I want to be. And, and, uh, I certainly have had that experience and I, I'm curious when, both age-wise and maybe point of your career, uh, did you find that, you know, um, you're comfortable being you? Um, and like you said, some people may not like that, but tough for them. Uh, you're going to be your authentic self and, uh, and, and so be it. Tell us about that. Tell us about that. Tell us about when you realized it and, and also kind of where, where it took you. Okay. This is, uh, this is not going to be a popular response. I can, I will, you're going to, you're going to hear about this. Um, I have never, well, I shouldn't say never. Just for the record, am, you can write to us at www.bravingbusiness.com. <laughs> as many of you have already discovered, go ahead. Edward. Um, I had never been comfortable in my skin. My entire childhood growing up insecure, like you wouldn't believe voices coming at my head you know, in regards to how do I look, and I'll, right? So, I mean, I grew up in the 70s and 80s where it was that transition time with a lot of people and a lot of self-identifying and, and all. I, I had no idea. I mean, my grandfather used to joke with me that there were times where I didn't know if I was going to wind my ass or scratch my watch. And... <laughs> And it just, it was, it, it, it affected so much of me so that, I mean, so I was, I was married for 10 years to a woman, um, had two, two boys and was dealing with a lot of my own issues, obviously, and was very mindful of not killing anybody off when I finally came to the realization that I'm not straight, um, and and navigating that, but even at that point when that all came out, I still was ugh, in my skin. And there was a situation at a, in a work environment where I went out to grab some food, and I had forgotten my name badge. So security, of course, wasn't going to let me in, even though how do you not know who I am? But I finally got back to my office, and somebody had written the word "fag" on my whiteboard. And on my name badge. And of course, I took it to HR and the whole thing because it's uncomfortable. But that was the moment. Because I didn't, I didn't let a lot of people in because I didn't know what they would see 
because I didn't know what I was seeing. And at that point, I'm like, what the hell? I, I don't, I don't care anymore. I really don't care. It's, it's what I am and who I am are two different things. They enhance each other, but you're not going to see a P flag on my tombstone. Hopefully you're going to see loving father, husband, good human being left a mark on the world, but you're not going to see a P flag. You're not going to see a disco ball built into the headstone, right? You're not going to see any of that. So it was really coming to terms with what I am and who I am and stop hiding it. And the interesting is I've had producers tell me you're not gay enough. And then I've had some tell me you're too gay or, and I'm like, I'm six foot four. I'm built like a quarterback. I just happen to be able to make things look spectacular, <laughs> but I am not this five foot nine, emaciated, tight suit fitting with a bow tie, fabulous over the top event planner that most of the world has that impression. So it just, it was like, I'm going to be myself. I don't care. Like it, buy it, don't buy it. And it just, that's, that's kind of where it came from. It came from a negative place. But once again, spiral up or spiral down. Yeah. Unapologetically you. Yes. As you were speaking, I was I was uh, thinking about a blog post I read last week, and I scrolled and found it. It was by uh, uh, a man named Avi Lewis, who writes for the Times of Israel. And and uh, as PJ knows, and we actually did a special episode, which I want to thank the audience for the incredible reaction to it. We've, we've had thousands and thousands of views of this episode on YouTube and, and, and lots of listeners and lots of comments. And so I appreciate that. But Avi's uh, post, um, which was actually in the Times of Israel, so you can find it at timesofisrael.com, was actually called Dear World, I Don't Care. Um, and it was about, you know, how he and frankly, me and a lot of other people who are Jews and he's in lovers of Israel um, felt like we we could not quite be authentically ourselves. Um, for any number of reasons, he did a much better job than I ever could. And I would urge people to go read it if they're interested in the topic. And I also, as, as you know, uh, I'll be 50 years old this year. Uh, in fact, in a month, December 17th, PJ, I'm looking forward to the great gift. I know you're going to get me. Welcome. <laughs> you as well, Edward. Welcome you to the party, well. pal. Okay. I'll sign the um, release for using my quotes. That, that well, there's your birthday oh, present. Gosh. No, that that see, look at that. That's how you turn. That's you know what? Can I tell you something about that? I, I, my birthday is December seventeenth, which happens to almost always fall on uh, the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. Which you know, Jewish children get gifts on Hanukkah, and in my case, my parents always combined it. Oh, it's Hanukkah. It's your birthday. You may as well, you, one nice gift. You know, that's kind of what you did there. We already had that. You already gave us that anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll just go quickly. I don't want to make it about about me or about Israel, but I would say that I, I have often felt inclined to lean into how much I feel, uh, and I do feel, absolutely feel, uh, for uh, I see the point of view of the other side, and 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 I have accepted that our point of view is not seen by many. And there's a sentence that's been uh, uttered, and it's you know, the New York Times actually wrote an article about it just yesterday. You know, from the river to the sea. Uh, I won't get into that. I could just say how offensive that statement is to me and how in the past when I'd hear it, uh, I, I wouldn't address just how offensive it was. 
And and I am going to be my authentic self, and I will not let people get away with a statement like that ever again. Um, and you know that that's kind of liberating. So you know, I guess Edward, uh, you liberated. I mean, you someone in 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 an act that is despicable, yeah, uh, freed you to be you. Yes. So his intent was to knock you down. What he actually did was raise created you the up. beast, created yeah. the beast, and. And it's and I I love the parallel. Thank you for that. Um, because there comes a point to where, at the end of the day, I get up every morning and I have to look at my own reflection. I don't want to have an ounce of regret of anything that I did or said. I just I wanted I, that wasn't me. And. If you know if it's bad, I'll own it. If it's good, I'll own it. Yeah. But it's me. And once again, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Yeah. Step away. I will say this, and I wonder, I'd, I'd love your perspective on this. Um, that statement can go two ways, right? So there, there are some people who would say, look, if you don't like me, like you said, don't buy it. But they use that to offend. They basically give themselves permission to be assholes. <laughs> yes. And I and I'm not I'm not sensing that that's what you're saying. No, I, I'm no, not sensing that this is this is you saying, look, I'm going to be me if I'm offending you and I'm an asshole. Tough. Deal with it. I'm not actually hearing that. And I want I, I want to make that distinction for the audience because we're not advocating for, you know, brideless uh, self-expression, uh, you know, at the expense of uh, being a, a kind, generous human being. At least I'm not. How no, you? I. I you know, you're 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 correct and it does i i get how that would that could read that way but it is something that i have to we all have to live with the consequences of what we do and what we say i choose to not feel it's kind of hard to pull the right word um but i choose to not fall into anyone's bucket and perceived notion of who and what I am. I am always respectful. I am always I I may disagree when it comes to politics right and left with people, but I'll hear them out. But I will expect them to hear me out. Right? So I am very when it comes to that and my voice. I am not going to berate anybody. I am not going to step on them. I'm going, hopefully, I'm going to enlighten them so they understand where I'm coming from, but I'm not going to shy away from the conversation. And and that's more of where it's coming from. It's not, it's not the, I'm going to be an asshole and say what I want to say just because I also want to be provocative and get your attention. Yeah. No, this is, this is what you're saying makes me feel. And if it's wrong, correct me. And if it's right, own what you just said. Mm-hmm. As as it it's it's not it's not hard to be a human being. No, it really isn't. It's not hard to use the peripheral vision that genetics gives us to see all the people that are walking next to you on the street, or the person behind you as you walk in a store or a restaurant and hold the door. Yep. Right? I mean, it's it's just acknowledging human beings. 
as flawed as we all are, as mouthy and entitled as we all are, we're still all here for a reason. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to get into all of that because I don't have the answers. But I also know that my neighbor believes X, Y, Z. Do we still have spirited conversations? Absolutely. Do we still exchange, you know, lawnmowers and 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 all those other funny, crazy things? Absolutely. Do we feed the turkeys on the street? Yes, we do. <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, but speaking your mind in your authentic voice isn't always a bad thing as long as it's coming from a place of good. And honestly, right. and I, I'm glad yeah, and that's that was really, you know, I I I had no doubt that that was where you were with it. And I, I felt that it would be worthwhile to call that out because I, you know, um, I think some people could take that down, down. The yeah. No, path. thank you for that. Yeah, and sure. really the, the jerk off who kind of gave you the, the foundation to leap off for your own self-reception by, by cowardly writing a, a word on your, on your pass and everything when you weren't around, um, you know, he, he, kind of gave you a gift, but, uh, and I, I, I mentioned it was cowardly because, um, he wouldn't say that to your face. No. Right. Because you know what, a you know what a six foot four gay man is a man. Oops. Yep. Six foot four. <laughs> exactly. Right. He's a tall, right. tall dude. So, um, good for you for, um, taking what some people can, can, uh, allow, others to spiral them down right to give them that shove off the ledge and actually make it your first rung of ascension so that's good for you and i've i've i talk a lot about uh, on this podcast and in general about uh, all three of my children i'm very proud of as i said i married my my middle daughter eleni this weekend my oldest daughter sophia was 29 and and uh and and her wife maddie uh are both very courageous women um and uh i i have I have thought about the fact that, you know, being born when they were uh, gave them an incredible privilege in a way that the degree of hostility uh, against the community, at least while I don't think it's completely eradicated, although uh, amazingly, in a very short amount of time, more Americans support gay marriage. And and I think that we're at a point in life where people finally recognize that love is love, uh, for, for heaven's sake. Uh, but they, they didn't have to have the struggle. I think Edward, that you may have had to have or Gen X, where they could not, in, you know, could not identify themselves as they were. I'll give you a a crazy story, not a hundred percent the same, but similar in in a sense, which is that my ex wife converted to Judaism. She didn't do it for me, by the way. She she converted before she ever met me, and she came from a Catholic family. And her elderly grandmother could never know that she was a Jew. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that we are moving in the direction. And one of the reasons that, you know, that, that famous adage that, uh, the arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice is so true. And, and I want to believe that that isn't just, um, by chance it's because people choose, uh, to raise their voice in, on behalf of causes and things that are just, and God knows the world is, is a definite two steps forward, one step back world we live in still, but it's two steps forward, one step back in my yep. opinion. No, I, in the I, long term. I totally agree with you on that one. It was interesting when I came out to my mother, 
the first words she said to me were, you can tell me and talk to me about anything. Just don't tell me you're gay. Oh, mm. no. Which, of course, you know where that conversation went. Stopped. Bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> just for you. A bottle of wine and a straw. In the car, you know. Just wow. See you next week, mom. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, I... Gay, straight, black, white, trans. I don't. I, I. I. I care, but I. I care more that they're growing up in a world where they can express themselves, where they can be themselves. You know, it is a that there is fear all over the place, and there is hate all over the place, and I mean, I deal with it with the groups. We're going to different countries. You know, people like, well, you know, I'm a little nervous about going here. What happens? My response is, I can't even go to a a Walmart in in Kansas City without fear of being shot. So either you're going to stay in your house for the rest of your life or you're going to live your life. Right. It's you. You just got to get up. You got to get up. And these this generation coming up is growing up in a world where they can express themselves. Sometimes it's a little too much, but that's the old yeah, school yeah, you know, coming it, out. It is a fine line, and you know what? It kind of kind of goes with the territory. You're going yep. to, um, I think, almost always, uh, whenever there's correction, there are some people that will overcorrect. Well, uh, and it's but it is easier to pull things back than to push things forward. So I don't have a problem with extreme because then we can educate them on other things. Right. But we don't know where they stand and we don't know where they believe unless they go out there and do it. I want to I want to hope you're right. I mean, we've had conversations on this podcast. Uh, uh, we, we had a, a, a human intelligence expert, uh, Buddy Jericho, and he and I had a long conversation about uh, artificial intelligence and the impact that may have on just how much we can pull it back. And uh, I think it remains to be seen. But I do think ultimately, I mean, I'm an optimist and uh the reason I'm op- I'm an optimist is because I think in general most people want to do the right thing and want to be good uh, and want to treat others with respect and kindness. Not all, certainly not all. I mean, all of our lives are going to be people that, frankly and unfortunately, will say what your mom said, right? And um, I I have not talked much about my own relationship with my mother, which is unfortunately uh, there isn't one. Uh, but you know, there are people in your life who will who will unfortunately not be willing to see you at your best, regardless of who you are and what you do. And I mean, I think this is another example of don't, don't get, don't let someone pull you down. Um, and you know, I, I, I think that the message here, uh, from you and, and in general, uh, you know, authenticity by definition will offend some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so long as your intent is not to be offensive and I don't, you know, by the way, if, it, if it's offensive to someone that you're gay, then fuck them, you know, pardon my yeah. French. Okay. But it, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm, t- I'm talking about in terms of being yourself. And and and, and uh, if some people don't like who you are, that that's on them. That's not on you. So long as your intent is is not to poke a finger in their eye and and, and offend for the sake of offending. Right. Um. We're we're coming around the bend, and I, and I, I want to you know talk about a couple of things that uh, that we haven't had a chance to talk about that I, I think are. Uh, interesting. I want to talk about legacy, and uh, you know, you've, you've you've done some really cool events. Um, and one of the things that you know stand you out, and I, you said it uh, a little bit on this uh, in this interview, but really, that's out there about you. I mean, 
the Good Morning America uh, article that I read that talked about, you know, you, where you gave advice, by the way, about how to throw a hell of a Halloween bash. Good for you. Um, was was very complimentary of the kinds of events you throw. And I mean, you really dazzle and you, and you leave an impression. Um, talk about that. I mean, what what is it about leaving an impression that that is so I don't know that that obviously drives you? Uh, because look, you could you could phone it in. You could do an amazing event. And it will be just like any other amazing events. I've been to many events. PJ and I have both been to numerous conferences and they all blend together, but then there are some that don't. Yep. So true. What is it that prompts you to be the guy that throws the events that don't blend in? Um, well, the first thing that if I were to say the first word that comes out of my head is negative, but I'm gonna say it. Ego. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm I am very mindful. I mean, you'll see it in socials, you'll see it of, I don't really drop names. I don't believe in coattails. I don't want anybody hiring me because I did so-and-so's wedding or because I did so-and-so's product launch or movie release or any of that. I don't, I don't want to work with those people. I want to work with the people who look at the work and understand the value and want to have some fun. So just kind of that's and that's when i when the ego kicks in that's kind of a personal mantra i always joke around that i'm like so i i'm I'm such a certain size in my industry but nobody knows it right because i don't blast it i'm very very mindful of that but the other part of it is i've never i've never and this goes back to my to my grandparents i I don't like status quo. I don't like the idea of somebody saying we want to do X, Y, and Z, and I have a file cabinet. I pull out number 10 and tell the team, here you go, execute this for so-and-so. I want to know the culture of the organization. I want to know the words that they want to convey. I want to know if it's a couple, I want to know about them. I want to know these things because I want to build the event around that. It's not just throwing a party or throwing a conference for for sake. It's about getting people to connect to the soul of the org, to the message that they're conveying. And that becomes unique experiences because they're all different. Every culture is different. Everybody has different words that inspire them. Everybody has different visions. So why would I give you a phoned in event versus something more bespoke? Yeah, no, oh, makes perfect sense. PJ made bespoke jeans for many years. I mean, I it's, did. Uh, I did. I did. kind of the same, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his is, uh, uh, I think, a lot more flam- uh, not flamboyant, but just like, well, actually, it is more flamboyant and bigger and probably a lot more satisfying than making some jeans. But that's a. Uh, I, I totally. Got I don't know if not, I could get into my size thirty four. Really. I'd be a happy man, and that would be more <laughs> than anything, dude. I can make you any size jeans you want. I could put a thirty four on there. Would that help you? <laughs> <laughs> you can put that thirty four on that number that I don't want to say. Yeah, yeah sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can show your husband, and anyone else. Look, I'm a thirty four. Yeah, he would say I'm full of crap. So <laughs> don't. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, look. First of all, thank you for all of your amazingly inspirational words and thoughts and experiences. I mean, this, this has been a, a, a fantastic 
chat. I, I've really, truly enjoyed it. So thank you for that. Um, I think that we all, one of the things that we try to get out of this outside of great quips for t-shirts are uh, learning what people's mantras are that, that keep people going. So yours is uh, very, you touched on it earlier. You alluded to it. It's very um, uh, empowering. Um, it's a little profane. That's but one you know way what? to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. But you That's... know, you know, it's also, I, I love profanity. Um, and to correct you, not to correct you, Tal, but um, you said, pardon my French. I don't know if the genus of the word fuck is French, but that's a that's for another time. What? I would I would love to know what the origin. Of that <laughs> well, word we're gonna is, we're that's gonna a, that's find a different episode. Out. <laughs> yeah, that is a different episode. Um, can you tell or share with the audience what your personal mantra is, and um, you know, give any advice because you've got loads of it. Uh, give any of your excellent advice on how they might curate their own mantra. So the profane part, I think. Hopefully, people now understand the Edward F. and Parati. And that it's not, it's not an ego driven. It's a get your ass up out of bed, start your day and face everything mantra. Right. Um, but truly, I mean, there is, you know, regardless of what we do, never forget that, you know, these are moments that matter and your life should be all about an experience. And if you're not living that you're not living. So you know, embrace every experience, positive or negative, embrace it. Because the odds are that it's going to happen again are few and far between, right? Even the negative ones, you're going to learn how to not go down the path again, but that should help you never have it happen again, Yeah. right? There's a positive spin to every negative and there's a positive way to look at it. And every experience changes who you are. You may not recognize it, but every experience changes who you are. I mean, sitting here talking to you two, I feel a heck of a lot more comfortable talking about just myself and and just the authenticity of what I do. Right? I mean, it's there there are positive outcomes on everything. So own them and embrace them and love them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's great advice, and I, and I agree with it. And I, I'm thinking about uh, you know a guest earlier this season, Pete Moore's. Who, whose mantra was you either win or you learn, right? So, so lean in, right? Um, and, and that's definitely one way to look at it. And, you know, uh, we've all been through difficult moments. I talked about mine in my, in my episode. PJ, uh, talks about his in the episode that will close season one in a, in a few weeks. Um, and at the moment, by the way, let's be really honest about it. When you're going through a rough time, it's not so easy to believe it. Correct. Uh, yeah. or certainly not easy to see it, not even so easy to believe it. However, I'll tell you, I went through a very rough period of time, uh, several months after a, a tough breakup I didn't expect. And what I told myself over and over during that time was something I knew to be true, even though I didn't feel it at the time, which is things will be okay. I will be okay. I always am okay. It's going to take some time and it's going to hurt. But at the end, on the other side of that is going to be a wiser me. Uh, a me that has a better appreciation and understanding of certain things that maybe I didn't appreciate or understand before, and I'm going to be better for it. And I think, you know, the fact that this entire season has been continuously, and listen, it's not a coincidence, Braving Business is a podcast that's about resilience and perseverance. And inherently, resilience and perseverance means you're going through something or have gone through something yep. and have either 
manage to show up, you know, manage to get through and uh, and and get to the other side, or have the confidence that you will if you're going through it right now. And I think what we heard from you today, Edward, in virtually every uh, story in this interview, uh, except maybe the part about the 34 genes, is that you should embrace who you are and be proud of who you are and accept that who you are, uh, the authentic version of you, if you're well-intended, if you're a generous, kind person, and most of us are, is exactly who you should be. Um, And as you get better and grow more, that authentic version of you, it's it's not that you weren't authentic before, is that you have a new perspective on your own authenticity. And that's all. No reason. No, no reason. I, I had moments, even recently, where I looked back at some of what I did when I was in my 20s or 30s and 40s with shame. or And, and I talked in my episode about how I don't think regrets all that useful in emotion. By the way, I got a lot of hate mail on that because apparently there are a lot of people that feel regret is very motivating. And there's a, apparently a best-selling book about that. And I, I, and I appreciate that. So real quick on that one. Yeah. My aunt had passed away about five years ago. And at the service, my father, who were, were my father was a great provider. Don't, I'm not dissing that. He just never learned how to provide himself. Right. So we're, we're not that close. He came up to me when we were alone and said that he needed to talk to me. And of course, the smart ass of me first said, what, what are you dying? And he was like, no, I need to apologize. Mm. I'm like, apologize for what? And he just rattled off all these things from my childhood. And what was interesting was when he was done, I looked at him. I don't know where this guy came from, but I looked at him and I'm like, I don't know if you need to apologize because I spent my entire life trying to get your attention. And had I not done that, I don't think I would be right here right now. So I'm not entirely sure that it's something you need to apologize for to me, maybe to yourself, but because I wanted your attention, I trained myself to push myself, to push myself further and further. Edward, I I, got to push back. Not obviously I get what you're saying, but why can't it be both? Why can't, I mean, you, nothing will take away how you push yourself and why you push yourself. That is the past. It's history. It happened. But what's the harm of someone recognizing that they did you wrong? And, oh, no, and I took it. it. I, right. I I took the apology. Oh, are you yeah. kidding? Because I knew it would never come again. But <laughs> I, I gladly took it. But I also didn't want him, nor did I believe that he needed to carry a burden around anymore. Because the success that has come out of the negative far outweighs the negative. I don't hold a, I don't hold a grudge. I don't hold anything against it. And it's so it it is that it's the mindset. Would that have right? been your perspective even had he not apologized? I mean, yes. would you have yeah. Well, good yes. for you. I mean, you're a better person than me. I'll be honest. I, you know, my my issue with my mother is that I believe she's done things that have caused me a lot of pain and she didn't would not own up to it. And when I told her what my version of this of it was, she denied that that was the truth, or at least my truth. Uh and I found that offensive and upsetting. And I think you know, for a lot of people, um, there's no question that what shaped us into being who we are, especially if we feel fairly proud or even very proud of who we become, that the the crucible we went through is part of the story. And and we wouldn't be who we are if not for that crucible. And and for that, and with that, I completely agree. And and 
I think that if you've done someone wrong, you should own up to it. If someone's done you wrong, they should own up to it. Yes. And you know what? Um, I don't see those two things as mutually exclusive or or not being, you know, uh, not fitting well together. I think they do. And I'm not saying you're saying they're not. They don't. I, I guess I, I would have said to if my mother had come to me or maybe does one day, she's still alive and says, you know what? I, I didn't see I didn't see it before. I didn't do it intentionally here. I do hear you. And I recognize that that was your experience. And I'm sorry about that. That'll go a long way. That'll go a long way for me. And I bet I'm not alone in that. Also, I will say on that note, you're the bigger man than I am, because if that situation, I think we're separated at birth. You're six foot regards- four, I'm five foot ten. I mean, it's not even close. You're the okay, well, so <laughs> I took the height in the womb. You got yeah. other things. Yeah. Um, I would probably have my mother, if, if my mother were to do that, I don't think I would be as gracious. Mm. Because they're, for me, they're like, what my father was, what my mother were, two different scenarios. One was kind of neglectful, but still present. The other was just vicious mm. and 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 nasty. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a bigger person for it. Oh, no. Kitten with claws would come out yeah. and, you know, and, and purge. But the, you said something before you wrap that just that kind of hit me as you were talking about your other speakers and some of the books. What what I found with so many is people tend to connect with the stories that feel closest to them and try to emulate that. And my comment would be that they need to find what works for them and how they navigate anything when it comes to resilience or whatever. For me, I found that humor got me through everything. Mm -hmm. Finding the humor, regardless if it was inappropriate humor, because there was a lot of it, but finding the humor was more authentic to me and how I navigated everything. So find what actually, you know, glean from all these people and glean from all the ideas, but ultimately find what's going to work for your authentic self. And if that means curling up at a ball and crying for a day, fine, as long as you get up and you move forward and, and all of that. But much like events, everything is different and unique in the situation. So take the advice and understand it, but don't drop your anchor mm. on, on, on someone else's. Find your own truth. Yeah. And also I, find, I, find the acceptance, wise. right? You got you to gotta learn to accept. Uh, uh, I know we're coming up to the end. I just wanted to say, um, you know, I'm quarter Chinese, so I'll give you a, an old Confucius saying. That uh, I think provides a lot of wisdom. Um, you know, I, I find that uh, if you're in a if you're in a, a sour situation, like us finding out about cancer, or or you having um, unfortunately that stroke and everything else that happened to you, and and tall with your relationships, all of that, we're all faced with negative things. Confucius said, um, "Well, that's a shit sandwich no one ordered, right?" So just acknowledge that, accept it. Like, hey, you know, this is not what I wanted. This isn't how I, I I perceived this moment to be, but accept it and move on and build upon that and and just go on. We were in church. I'd have my hand raised saying amen. <laughs> 
Well, before I close, I, I do want to thank the, I don't know, 20 or so listeners or viewers that sent me the book, The Power of Regret by Daniel H. Pink. Uh, I will say that I have not yet read it, uh, but I appreciate that many of you felt very strongly that I got the fact that I said I don't believe in regret wrong. I respect that. I still feel that way. Even if I read the book, I suspect that I will still feel pretty strongly that regret generally speaking, is not the most useful emotion, but we can agree to disagree. I want to thank our uh, amazing guest, Edward Parati, who uh, is as an incredible uh, human being, first and foremost, but also a multi-award-winning event designer and producer. He has uh, thrown some of the uh, some some great events uh, that, that have uh, impacted people's lives and been memorable. Uh, Good Morning America called him a celebrity party planner, even though he didn't plan my daughter's Wedding, but you know what? I still have a son to marry. Uh, he's only twenty-one, uh, so it'll be a minute. Uh, but I got five I, kids. I think we I'll can figure call on you then. I, th- I think I'll want to know just how, especially given that it's my son, and I'm very hopeful he marries someone whose parents believe in the tradition of uh, the bride's parents paying for the wedding. In which case, Edward, <laughs> the budget, the budget is no factor at all, right? Just make sure that we throw an event that no one ever forgets. Can you commit to that? I mean, that's all I'm asking. I can, I can commit to that. I mean, if, you know, if I can do events for, um, audiences in India and in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, I think I can handle yours. All right. Also, well, I, you know, yeah. I think Tal and I should be invited to one of these. So I agree. Yeah. Yes. Especially any, well, I don't know that I'm allowed in Abu Dhabi. Well, I guess so. I'm an American citizen too. Yeah, although my no, pastor you're... says I was born in Israel, so I don't know. Am I allowed in Abu Dhabi? Is that yes. is that part of the United Arab Emirates? Because there is yes. peace. Okay, great. So I'm allowed. And you know there. what's really funny is even as a gay man, I feel more safe and secure walking in Abu Dhabi in Dubai than you could possibly imagine. Wow, it is. It that's is really interesting. It is they. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. But how they yeah. view brotherly relationships. Nobody would think twice if I had my arm around my husband mm, right. because they wouldn't but, ask orientation. They would assume we're friends. Couldn't do it with a woman. Very interesting. But it's so, yeah, it's, it's, it's how they view tolerance is huge. Well, is it tolerance or is it just uh, looking the other way? I don't know. It is entirely a different conversation, which, which yeah. I would love to have Edward. We'd love we to have We should you probably back. have you on again. Yes, I think that anytime you guys call, I am yours. This is fun. Yeah, that's great. Uh, fantastic. Edward, thank you so much for your time. Uh, to our listeners and viewers, keep braving life, keep braving business. Um, and uh, as as we always say, uh, if you like the episode, please like it. Please follow us uh, wherever you stream. Um, we we are very grateful for the hundreds of uh, hundreds of you, I, closing in on a thousand that have liked the uh, podcast on uh apple podcast we are uh very grateful for the many many people that are listening and watching um and i would you know i would i would uh, be remiss if i didn't end where we started pj i i feel such love for you and for kara and uh you are always in my thoughts and now more than ever um i i have such high confidence that uh uh, you will see it through and and that we will have many, many more years to celebrate our friendship and your love uh, with your wife. So I want to end friend. with that. Thank you so much. Of course. Tal, that was amazingly kind of you. Thank you very much. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate your friendship. 
And um, I love this journey that we're on together. So thank you. And uh, Kara and I are going to get with you and Aaron very soon. And we're going to down a bunch of bottles of wine and have a hellaciously wonderful time. Probably at one of and of uh, one of Mr. Edwards' fantabulous events. Right, Edward? Absolutely. You just need to, you know, if you want the wine, though, you know, we, we're either going to go to Epernay or Napa. So you just kind of need to pick which one you want to be at. Will you believe that? I would, I've never been to Napa and, and neither is Aaron. I, I cannot believe that. I've never been to oh. Napa. Well, then I'm going to say, you know, and my Napa friends are going to kill me when they hear this, but I'm all about Healdsburg now. Napa's great and they've got some great wines, but I can buy all of them. I want to go to Healdsburg with the little wineries that you don't hear. That have, Where is that? Um, I've never even heard of that place. Where, so it's it's about 40 minutes away from Napa, headed north mm-hmm. right after Santa Rosa. Look, nice. I'm just going to follow. Well, maybe we gonna, can all do a weekend there. With yeah, there we go. That would be so much fun. I'm just going to follow the six foot four guy who knows what he's doing. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> never bad I'll, t- I'll take you to the food places. We'll drink. There's a beautiful montage hotel in Healdsburg. You know, it's if you're going to live live Let's right what, what was what did anti meme what was the line from anti meme life is a banquet and most poor sons of bitches are starving to death <laughs> that's a great way to end pj we should that say is, nothing more that's I true just did, though. No, i know all right well hey thank you again thank you for your time tal thank you for your kind words as always and uh this is amazing so i really appreciate you guys thank you very much and that's a wrap folks like what you heard want to support the show please follow our page on linkedin and facebook Visit us on YouTube, and please like and rate us on all of your favorite podcast streaming services. You can also see exclusive content, subscribe for free to our weekly blog, support our sponsors, and soon buy our merchandise at www.bravingbusiness.com. Thanks for being a part of our production, and we'll see you next time on the Braving Business Podcast. 